Welcome to Boston's Best, a podcast where you go behind the scenes with financial planner Mark Condon as he asks industry-leading experts in and around Boston to talk about their businesses. Mark will find out what sets these companies apart from their competition and how they have risen above the inevitable challenges they have faced along the way to their ultimate success. And now, here's your host, Mark Condon. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to episode 61 of Boston's Best. The goal of this podcast is to highlight businesses in and around Boston. My guest on today's podcast is Justin Kittridge. Justin is the owner, founder, and janitor of iSlide. iSlide is the leader in the customized slide market. Justin worked for Reebok for many years, building relationships in the sports and marketing world. When his time with Reebok was up, he negotiated a six-month severance, which was a blessing. Justin always wanted to start his own company. With a four-year-old at home and a second baby on the way, Justin had exactly six months to figure out how to start a company from scratch and confirm a proof of concept. He sold his first slide on July 15, 2013, and iSlide was off to the races. They have landed licensing deals with NBA teams, and a big splash came from DJ Khaled. Remember when he got lost on his boat in Miami and took Snapchat by storm? Well, he was opening up a store that sold t-shirts and slides. iSlide was being sold in his store, and they were expecting to sell 25 or so in the first week. They ended up selling 800 in the first day. In this episode, we talk in-depth about the early challenges and successes Justin experienced with building the company, as well as what he sees for the future of iSlide. They now sell socks on their website as well. And be sure to listen to the end. As Justin shares the advice he'd give to someone looking to start their own business, what he'd tell his 18-year-old self, and how he defines success in any given year. And so with that introduction, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Boston's Best. Good morning. This week, we have Justin Kittridge. Justin is the founder, CEO, and janitor of iSlide. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well, hey. thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on Boss's Best. I'm excited to have you on here. No, we'll have some fun. <laughs> so before we get into, I'm familiar with iSlide. You know, I, I've I've seen the I've seen the, the sandals. I've seen you on TV. Uh, I've seen you on the news. Uh, but before we get into the company itself, give us a little background on you. Are you from Massachusetts originally? Are you from the area? Yeah, grew up on the Cape. Uh, so okay. a Barnstable kid to start. So Red Raider, and <laughs> I moved. I I transferred to. Um, a prep school in Western Mass called Northfield Mount Hermon for two years. So I repeated my junior year and then did two years out there and then went down south to Virginia. I always wanted to live down south for a while. So yeah. got accepted to a couple schools down there. But like when I went to, when I walked on JMU's campus in Virginia, it was like game over for me. I loved it. Yeah. So I had the best four and a half years of my life down there. And then, yeah, and then, you know, kind of just, you, and then came, lived in the Midwest for a little bit uh, for work, but lived, um, moved back up to the Northeast. So I've been up here for the last, you know, 20 years or so. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Virginia is gorgeous. Uh, I went down there for the first time, I think it was two years ago for a company event and uh, the whole area, you know, Virginia, DC, Maryland, like the whole area that, that down there is just, it's a really nice place. I had never been there before and it's, it's an hour flight. Like it's so close. I had no idea. Um, so I recently, my wife and I just went there a couple months ago for her birthday. Just took it down there for like a weekend away. It was it was awesome. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. it was funny. Like everyone down at school kept saying Nova. And I just kept thinking like, why is everyone talking about Villanova out here? And it was all <laughs> about Northern Virginia. Like, yeah, like because so many people are from down that way. And it's just a different world. Like people are nice. People are, you know, yeah. they're happy most of the time. Yeah. 
you know, it's like, it was just a really good place to go to school. I loved it. I mean, I, I did hotel restaurant management, so it has nothing to do with what I was doing today, but okay. it was, it got me like kind of into like that customer service world and how yeah. important that is to know, you know, no matter what you're doing. So I kind of just took that and, um, I actually got randomly kind of an internship. I never, I never did anything really from that. So I was always, I bartended in landscape my whole life growing up. And, you know, I think I was becoming like, I guess like I was going to be in between like my fourth year, then my fourth and a half, I needed an extra half year to, to, to graduate, unfortunately, but <laughs> I, I needed to kind of get like a, I don't know. I felt like a real job is what I felt like I needed to have. Yeah. So I did an internship and I was looking at different places and I saw Reebok, which was in Canton at the time, which yep. wasn't you know that far from where I was living. And it said you played hoops at lunch. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's like awesome. the greatest thing in the world. Like, why, what, why wouldn't any person want to work here? So I got an interview and the guy interviewing me was just like, there's no reason why we would ever hire you. You're like, you're a hotel restaurant management major looking for a marketing internship. And yeah. you have zero qualifications. <laughs> and I just kept telling him like, I would be like, you know, the hardworking, I'd be on time. I would do anything he wanted. And it ended up being where, he just, at the end of my resume, he saw that I played hoops and he just said, I got an intramural game tomorrow morning at six in the morning. Come meet me and, and, uh, we're down a player. So you can come play on the team. Get so on. I played on, I played, I had like the game of my life and he <laughs> hired me like 10 minutes later. That's so awesome. That, that was my first experience into the kind of the working world was getting an internship with him and they were great. Like, Technically, I kind of had like three bosses, and yeah. I mean, it was just it was a great way to like kind of kick into the uh, footwear world to learn it all. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, let's get in. Like, tell me about the transition. Like, how long were you there for? Did you do something else before you decide to start iSlide? Like, what's that transition? So, I graduated. So, I did the internship, which would have been in two thousand. I okay. finished up school like that. I guess that fall into winter. So, I graduated in December. Yeah. And they just said to me, they were like, hey, we'll have a job for you when you graduate. Like, you know, we'll find something and probably going to be in this tech. It was called a vector rep program. So it was like like a tech rep. And what it was is like you live out of your house. They have them all across the country. And your job is to go into different stores like Foot Locker, Finish Line, Mom and Pops, whatever. Yeah. And just to like kind of befriend them and just like, yeah. you know, when you're not there, you know, you want them to be pushing Reebok as a product and not like the other company. So right. sounded like a pretty simple job to like yeah. go in and just like give out free shoes and gear <laughs> and like make friends. So yeah. I liked what it could be, but I, I graduated in December and then I didn't hear anything in January. And I was like, all right, like what's going on? And then in February, I just said, all right, I'm going to go like travel the country. I'm just going to drive cross country because I'll never have a chance to do this again. And yep. then I basically got to New Jersey. I got like five hours into my trip and I got the phone call saying, all right, like, no we're ready. And so they had Cleveland and Minneapolis open and I had no idea about either one. I'd never been to either one in my life. Yeah. And um, I said, well, I'm driving. So Cleveland's closer and I don't feel like driving an extra five hours. So I'll just go to Cleveland. So I got a job in Cleveland as a tech rep. It was great. It was there for nine months. Uh, loved it there. Uh, I went into a bank on my first day there and I was like, I think they call this place like the mistake by the lake. And the lady was like, yeah, we don't call it that. 
you know, anymore. And so I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I won't either then. And so I stopped calling it that. But I love Cleveland. I lived in a place called Coventry. Okay. Uh, it was a cool, cool area, a few bars, restaurants uh, nice. that you could walk to. And then there was a spot that opened in Chicago, which would have been like a, like a little step up. And so they offered me that job. And that was great. Like, like Chicago was big city, a lot yeah. like Boston, just kind of bigger and uh, still kind of like I loved it. It was like a very, you know, similar to Boston. So and I was there for a year and a half. And then uh, I was always really big into hoops a job opened up like within the basketball division. It was actually basketball, cross training and tennis all in one, but basketball was a part of it. So it opened back up at headquarters. So that was in like early, I guess it was in early 2003 is when I got that job. And I like, it was great. Like I was, I mean, I worked my ass off. It was one of these things that like, because I bartended and landscape my whole life, I had a pretty good work ethic. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't really know corporate at all. Like I didn't know anything about what it, like it was meant to be, what you should be doing every day. And yeah. I was in early. I was in at like six. Uh, I was able to get a workout in the gym, but like yeah. I stayed probably till like nine, 10 at night, like almost all the time. Oh, wow. And I loved it. I loved everything about working at Reebok. It was great people. The business was doing well. We were like, we had some licenses. We had some athletes that we signed. We had like, um, entertainers that we signed. And then in 04, just like the business took a huge like dip, like a lot of, you know, like for whatever reason, like a lot of things just kind of took a hit. And so yeah. they just did a massive layoff and I was part of it. Oh, get out. So, um, yeah, I never even knew what a layoff was until like they kind of yeah. came into my office, like not my office, my cube. And then they just said, Hey, you know, like oh. they want to see you in like in the boardroom. And so I went in and they said I was no longer going to be an employee. And that was cool. And so that was wild. That was like uh, eye opening for me. And so I went, so I did what most people would do. I just went to Vegas um, <laughs> for like a week and just uh, decided just to enjoy life for a little while. Good for you. Um, they offered me back like at a different job about a week later. I didn't take it because I was basically just still pissed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh, for the next four months, I kind of like enjoyed life a little bit, but I was still trying to look to. And then on the day my severance came up, I got a job back at Reebok and, or I got an offer back at Reebok as a promotion or going to a smaller footwear company called Atsco Footwear at the time, which they did. The company you would know most would be like Kangaroo, Kangaroos. Uh, okay, they have all yeah, the, yeah. the pockets on the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alesse is another one uh, that I specifically worked on in the beginning. So I just decided to go to a smaller company, 50 yeah. people, kind of yeah. learn that part of the business, learn that world. I had much more responsibility. Yeah. And. I loved it. I really loved everything about it. So, you know, I mean, you did everything like, you know, I was in, I I was in charge of product and marketing for a certain segment of the business. And then, but if I needed stuff shipped, I would just kind of walk in the back and go put a label on it, go ship it myself. And it was like, it was way different than the world I just came from with like a thousand plus employees at Reebok. So I really enjoyed it, but it, it was, my dream was to always be head of basketball somewhere. At like a big footwear company. And about two years later, Reebok called. They just said they're redoing their whole basketball division and they wanted me a big part of it. And they kind of knew I was always huge into hoops. So I took the job back and I was there for six years. I was, I I went back for six years and Adidas acquired Reebok back in 05. Yeah. Um, I went back in 06. 
And, you know, I became head of basketball, which was always the dream of mine. But unfortunately, what ended up happening was Adidas just uh, deprioritized Reebok basketball in, in all sports, to be honest with you. Oh, like really? They just they took all the sports themselves and they wanted to make Reebok kind of everything else besides um, athletic. So oh, wow. at that point, I was like, all right, if I'm ever going to start my own company, now is the time. Like I, I reached my, my, my dream and yeah. it was great. I really enjoyed it. But if the company's not going to like have the same passion I have and yeah. everyone around me had about trying to grow the basketball division, then it's not a place that I can kind of stay. Yeah, no, you got to be passionate about it. So uh, that was what I was going to ask next. It's like, how, where did that transition happen? And like, was it always going to be footwear? Like, how did you land on iSlide? Like, you know, what were the, were the other ideas like stewing or? Nothing. I mean, I knew footwear the most. So at yeah. that point, I guess I was in footwear for about 12 years. Yeah. yeah. And so I had the relationships with athletes, entertainers, factories, yeah. other people within the business. I mean, so I... I luckily was able to build that up over time for, you know, those 12 years. And I never, like, I knew I always wanted to start my own business. I never knew what. And so I just started to do research on like what businesses were out there and what they were doing. And I I loved customization. I was always really, really big into like personalization and customization. And nobody, like we tried doing it at Reebok, but nobody, like it never gained any traction just because, People didn't want to do it. It was just too labor intensive and it was okay. kind of a pain in the ass. And nobody like really felt like that was kind of what they wanted to do. And I just felt like there's something out there. And I love slides and I did research on slides. And like the slide market was growing 25 plus percent at the time, year on year on year. So three years in a row. And then the world of customization was growing at like an insane clip. Wow. And so I think what I ended up doing was I just kind of took what that was and tried to blend it into like a company and just say, all right, let's see what's out there. So the big companies like Reebok, Adidas, Under Armour at the time, they all made slides, but none of them did customization. And then there were like some promotional companies that all did like low end kind of cheap slides that you had to buy a ton of them and you wouldn't get them for like months. Okay. And I think that's when really like I just said, all right, if we take if we take like what's missing, which is if we can make the most comfortable slide in the world, have it be where you can make one at a time and have it in a week, then we would change the game completely. And I think when I realized it all, like I think that's when like the kind of light bulb clicked and and that's when I kind of went out and just and then just did it. Right. I mean, I was kind of transitioning out of Reebok at the time. This is what I wanted to do. It worked out well. And it was all good until like I realized what it took to actually customize a pair of slides. I didn't even think through, which was probably smart. Like I've always thought that like I should be compared to like the movie with Bill Murray, which is the man who knew too little. I haven't seen it. Just like kind of an idiot, but things just (laughs) kind of work out sometimes. And if we didn't figure it out, then it would have been going back to Reebok asking for a job. And yeah. which wasn't a possibility. So we just figured it out. We just figured it out over time of, and it sucked and it was a pain yeah. and there was so much learning that, that's happened and we still learn. I don't know. I think that that was kind of like the the point where I just said, all right, like, this is it. We're going to go, we're going to go all in on this thing. And, and like failing, it just w- isn't an option. Like just not yeah. having this work 
isn't an option whatsoever. So that's kind of what how it all kind of came to fruition. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because you think like you're at Reebok, right? Like they create footwear and athletic gear. Like you feel like a big clothing company like that could just do it themselves. But you just said they just didn't really feel like uh, putting in the resources at the time to do it. Like it's surprising to me that you were able to just do that on your own and not get, you know, basically like a conglomerate take over and say that we're just going to do this ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I think by, by working at a big company for so long and just having friends in the industry. True. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it was knowing full, like full out that, yeah, I mean, those guys could squash iSlide if they wanted to in a heartbeat. <laughs> I think that the difference is, is that they don't want them. Like, yeah. it's just not what their kind of core competency yeah. is. And, yeah. you know, they would rather make fewer SKUs, fewer models, yeah. and just make millions and millions of them and yeah. sell them all over the world and just kind of move on to the next one and sell millions and millions of those and move on. And so, you know, it's not... It's not even worth their time to do what we do. And for us, being a niche business, like, works. Like, yep. it works because we're so specific in what we do. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Um, is there a meaning behind iSlide or how you came up with, like, the eye in front of it? I know slides, but, like, is there a meaning behind it or anything like that? No. I mean, I woke up. I woke <laughs> up one morning and I had, I, li- I literally, like, I just had a dream about it. And I woke up and... I was like, all right, yeah, the name is iSlide. Um, it would, but like, we didn't want it to be like Apple, so we made it like a capital I. And a capital <laughs> I did notice S. that. Like, the vision was everybody kind of holding up their slides, being like iSlide for, and then it's like iSlide for my team, iSlide for my mom, I slide yeah. for you know my dog, whatever it is. It was like the vision was really like iSlide for, and then it kind of just you know. Yeah, it, it can it can attract to everybody. Yeah, and then uh, which kind of led us to a good friend of mine, Steve Conley, who who uh, owns an agency in Boston, just called called Conley Agency Partners. Was we were just brainstorming, and the guy's like just a brilliant mind, and we were talking about it, and we kind of together came up with "Stand in what you stand for." So that's that's been our mantra and been our tagline since we started, and. I've never got more compliments on anything else more than that line. That's cool. And so, you know, have a, like have a ton of thanks. It kind of goes out to him for yeah. helping kind of come come up with this. And because it really, it, it truly is like the the essence of who we are um, because we can, we attract to everybody. Yeah, no, that's a pretty cool, that's a cool tagline. So what are some of the early chat? I mean, you're literally just creating a company it, which has its own set of challenges, but then, you know, the fabrication of the product, you know, making the product, the customizations behind it, incorporating anything that people want on their own, on their own slides. Like what are some of the early challenges that you had when you, when you started it and you can keep the list short. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's like oh my a long gosh. list, but <laughs> a couple yeah, that stick out. You know what? I mean, timing was key. So I remember that my severance was going to run out. So I basically, I was able to negotiate a severance out of Reebok, which was like the biggest win of the whole thing. Yeah. And so I had six months of severance. So I knew in six months I had to be live, which so we had a time crunch. We had six months to be able to go from like idea concept all the way to like testing of footbeds and molds and straps and samples and a website and social and people and 
printing and manufacturing. So like all of that had to be done within six months. So I think that was always a great motivation that like was kind of like on my shoulder that like there there wasn't, we weren't going to delay any of it. Like no matter what happened, we were going to delay, we weren't going to delay it. So that was a big one, but things just happened along the way. I mean, we had, you know, I had great mentors in life. And I think a lot of them were able, like really wanted to see like me and us succeed. And I think having them along the way, like as we got started was huge. So one person, what, you know, was great with factories. Another person was great with sourcing. Another one was great with marketing. So we were really able to like, kind of use them along the way and help to just like logistically set up the business. Yeah. It just, you know, it just kind of worked out where, we didn't have like a ton of issues as we got started. I mean, we had just like growing pains, but it wasn't like yeah. anything major that was holding us back. Uh, we were forced to make decisions and that was great. Like I yeah. think too many, too many times like people don't make decisions on the spot. So yeah. it forced us to make decisions along the way. And it was great the way we did it. And that was it. I mean, I think, you know, then we went, then we went live in July 15, 2013 is when we actually like sold our first slide. Nice. And by the way, I don't rec- like as I look back, I don't recommend it to anybody. I, I was married. I had a four year old and one on the way. Wow. Uh, when I left Reebok and start and I so I don't recommend that to anybody ever to yeah. start a company <laughs> when you have young kids like that. Yeah. But um, a very uh, supportive wife. So that <laughs> like really made things much easier. But yeah. And that was it. I mean, I think we've grown. We've gotten lucky along the way. We've we've gotten, you know, we had, you know, DJ Cal, you know, we caught the DJ Khaled uh, partnership, which was insane for us. We, we wow. were on Shark Tank the year after. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of like serendipitous things that happened throughout, you know, the first like six to seven years that really just kind of helped things along the way. Because I think the things that people forget is like with a big company, you can make a mistake. You can make a mis- big mistake. Yeah. And you can like roll with the punches and be fine with it. In a small company, if you make a big mistake, if there, yeah. if a, if you make a big mistake or something bad happens to you, it can cripple your business and you can be out of business in a like the same day. So yeah. that's always been on my mind and like really stressful, like to know. So and that's why those mentors and along the way we brought in like various investors or you know along and yeah. you know that team of investors that we've had has been like the most invaluable thing in the world. Like just very smart, experienced people that come from that they, they, they come from all walks of life yeah. to be able to, you know, not make us make the same mistakes twice. Yeah. And you know, that they might have made or they might have learned from or so it's just invaluable to have people like that around us as we've been able to grow. And I think knock on wood, like nothing catastrophic has kind of happened. I mean, we yeah. just roll with the punches and we've tried to make the best decisions, you know, we have along the way. Yeah. So what about the opposite? Like when was like that, that moment where you knew like an early success or you knew that like, shit, like we're onto something here. Maybe it was the DJ Khaled partnership. Maybe it was Shark Tank. Like what, what was that moment that sticks out to you? Um, well, we were getting like, we were getting posts by athletes, by pro athletes That's before huge. Khaled. And I think a lot of it came down to just who we are and what we do. So we don't put a big eye slide logo on the slide and send it to you and all yeah. that. And it's, it's always been like the mentality, which is kind of backwards, I think in branding and marketing and, and, and everything is 
it was we never had a big eye logo on our slide. Like yeah. we we even like it's very subtle and it's like hard to find. And yeah. so to me, the branding was always going to be about whatever is on your slide. So whatever is on your slide is going to be something that is going to be promoted the right way. And right. that's what we've always done. So when you send a pair to Isaiah Thomas and yeah. <laughs> you know played for the Celtics, and his whole motto is slow grind. And yeah. like, that's what he lives by. And so you send him a pair of those, he it, like, he falls in love with them because it's, it's really about him. Right. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's showcasing him, you know, th- that much more. So as we got to Ka- Khaled was the first one that kind of felt that, holy shit, <laughs> this is like way more than we can handle. Yeah, and right. we just found a way to handle it. So, yeah. I mean, Khaled, I never knew Khaled was before before we did a deal with him. And so, you know, we did a deal. I still didn't know who he was. And then a week before he <laughs> launched his store, because he was all about launching his store. He got lost in the middle of the night in Miami on a jet ski. I saw that all over social media. Yeah. yeah. And it was like crazy. Like he just blew up overnight <laughs> on Snapchat. He put the whole thing on Snapchat. Yep. yep. He blew up overnight. And then like, he's such a branding dude that like he just, <laughs> at promoting his store for that that it's going to open in a week and it was t-shirts and slides and that's all it was wow and he's a miami guy and he's a slide guy and so he was just promoting like the slides like every day all day and it was crazy it went and it went nuts I, i thought we might sell like 20 or 30 in the first week and we sold 800 pairs in the first day Oh my and God. Then, like it didn't stop. Like it went like 500, 500, 500, like That's 400, wild. 600. Like it just kept going crazy for like, That's a, wild. Long, like a long time. So wow. That's wild, yeah. dude. That is wild. Do you have a, do you have a favorite ice slide design that you've made uh, at this point? Oh man. Um, you made like tens of thousands. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, they're all like so incredibly personable, like yeah. or personal to people that I don't know, like they mean like everybody, everything means so much to them. I think, I think probably the ones that we've done for people that like either have been sick or like may have lost somebody yeah. where like, this is something that, you know, we put something on the slides that like really kind of is very close and personal to them and, yeah. you know, very like very emotional. And I think that like, I think those hit home the most. For sure. I mean, all the others are great. I mean, we have like licenses with, you know, the pro leagues and colleges and um, everything like that, which are all great. Like the fanatics of, you know, the world who love their Celtics and ruins and socks and everybody. So I think the ones that are like super personal, like, and like, I think when you give it to a team and you see the whole team open them up, like that, like that's group cool. reaction is also like, you know, really great. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. The personal touch on those type of things are, are pretty cool. Cause I'm even just going through myself, man. Like I'm just going through ideas of just, uh, customized things I can get for people for gifts, you know, like gear at like holiday gifts or there's a lot of things going through my mind right now. So is, are, are there, are the options endless? Like, is there something? I got guys- an easy one. You just do what's on your shirt. Yeah, I know, right? The bosses. And it's funny too. I was laughing too because you're like, yeah, I don't put, we don't really put the logo anywhere. I'm like, all right, I got Boston Fest on my shirt. I got Boston's best <laughs> water bottle here. I'm like, should hey, I just like take these off? This but- is like, yeah, but that's you're like, we like, 
we love partnering with yeah. people like you who are growing their brand. Like that's yeah. yeah. Like your brand means everything to you. And so like yeah. for us, that's like, we're that conduit to help you yeah. grow your brand. Yeah. Like it's cool. Like I got like, you know, you mentioned the personal thing, like you can't see him right now, but I have a 13 year old chocolate lab behind me sitting on the floor and like, he's good, but he's, you know, he's 13. His back leg is getting like really weak. Um, like, I think I still got a couple more years left with him, but I'm like, I'm getting a pair of like champ on ice slides, like hundred percent right. happening. Right. I'm going to rock those right. for the rest of my life. Like and yes. I'll get a new pair like every year because it'll be so worn out, you know? Right. Yeah. That's it. Like, well, that's exactly it. Like, it's, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Like people, they get them for them. They sometimes either get them as a gift or they get them for themselves for something like that. And then like, they realize, man, this is like the perfect gift because yeah. like, it's, it's yeah. like, it, it's, it's so cool. It's better than like something that's not as personal you get for someone. Totally. Like, you're really showing that like you actually care about somebody when you know you give yeah. them these. So it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, that's so cool. I got so many ideas like running through my head. Like that's that's sweet. So I guess like, are there any? I don't know. Like, I can go on for days about this this your company and your 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 industry. But are there any like misconceptions about the footwear industry or anything like that comes top of mind to you? Well, misconceptions. I mean, it's hard to start a footwear brand just because yeah. you're dealing with overseas. And anytime yeah. that you deal with, you know, China and Vietnam and, you know, South America and other countries that, you know, that just work differently and different yeah. time zones and different trust levels that kind of happen. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really hard. And I think that was another reason why I want to get into it was because I know, I mean, I was talking to someone today who's, you know, with a, a major, major head headwear brand. And, you know, we were talking about doing a kind of a collaboration with them. And like, it was one of the, one of his comments was just like, yeah, we never want to get into footwear. Like we don't, we <laughs> never want to deal with footwear and all the molds of every size and yeah. shipping and inventory issues and all that. So, you know, we print everything on demand. So for us, like we hold a ton of inventory, but to me, which can be a dem demise of a company. But yeah. to me, it's not that bad because they're all blank. So yeah. if all of a sudden, like, you know, I'll go off of our licensing relationships. If like the Celtics in our Kelly green, all of a sudden they like fall off the face of the earth and nobody wants to buy Celtics anymore. Now we go out and we sell those to Mansfield youth soccer or yeah. <laughs> Game or Michigan state or whatever, like yeah, other yeah. You know, teams or people or companies, yep. you know, that that like really embody green. And so that's fair. It's been a business where like it's difficult with. So I don't think it's necessarily like a misconception with footwear. I think it's a maybe it's just a misconception with just business. Like, yeah, it's just hard. It's like yeah. anyone that owns, you know, their own business. And if you had, yeah, Melanie and Ryan over here, I mean, they'd be probably the first one to tell you too. It's just like, Oh, yeah. It's really, really hard to own a company because you're responsible for every single person that that kind of yeah. works for you. So yeah. that weighs over your head a lot. And my learnings of being laid off and like having that be something that I never wanted to ever do with this company because of kind of how it affected me. And yeah. that's really how we've tried to grow the company as well. But I think it's just it's really hard to just to, you know, and I have like the, you know, enormous amount of respect that anyone that owns a company, because yeah. we're all going through the same things every day. And it's very difficult, but it's, 
it's also like very rewarding at the same time, just to know that, you know, the, that, you know, we're building something together is yeah. something that like is extremely rewarding. Yeah, no, totally. Did COVID impact you at all? You know, like uh, certain industries it did, certain industries it didn't, you know, you do a lot of online sales, like, but you also deal with overseas. So like, how did, co- did, did it impact you? Is that a stupid question? <laughs> so we we ended up growing about 33% during COVID. And I think it was the COVID effect. So like a lot of e-commerce companies grew. Yeah, for sure. Um, other companies like had a really tough time. So yeah. we had a we had a good, we had a really good run during COVID. And I think we have different parts of our business. So part of our business like went to shit. And yeah. so like we weren't actually able, I mean, that just went to zero. So we didn't make up for it in every other facet. And luckily, like the pros outweighed the cons with how much that we were able to outweigh like the good and bad with regards to like retail distribution. But this year has been harder just to forecast of what it's going to be like. We still want to grow a ton this year and we're on pace to, you know, to have like a similar growth this year. Nice. But it's really hard to like try to find out where it's going to come from because yeah. Not last year, everybody was either getting great stimulus checks and they had all this extra money. <laughs> yeah. Or they were home or if they were laid off or didn't have a job, they didn't want to come back to work because they were yeah. getting paid so much. Now, like things are starting to normalize a little bit, even though it's really hard to find, you know, great people consistently. But I do believe that, you know, I think over time, like COVID helped us. And I think yeah. that's like, it really just sped up people like wanting to buy online, feeling more comfortable to buy online. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I know I know neighbors around me that they have literally not stepped foot into a grocery store in the last right. couple of months. Like they just order every, it's Instacart. Like they just order everything and they get it delivered. Uh, you know, right. people, you know, some pe- people, and they, it, it's funny too, like the mindset shift now, like I was, you know, I golf, I'm not very good. Like I participate in golf, but I enjoy it. You know, I always make sure I got enough golf balls, right? <laughs> Because I lose a shit ton of balls in the woods. And I was like, oh, I got, I'm playing tomorrow. Like, I got to order. I'll just order them off Amazon. But like, I don't know if it's going to be here before I tee off. And it's like, Mark, like, just drive to Target and get like a 12-pack of golf balls. But like, my my mindset is initially always now just e-commerce. Like, go order right. online. It'll get right. here. I got Prime. It'll be here in 24 hours. Like, you know, right. that, but that's like the mindset shift that we all have now. You know, it's just kind of the way of the world right now. It's crazy. I mean, I think yeah. it was all going that way. This yeah. just like insanely sped it up. For sure, dude. For sure. So I guess what do you what do you see for the future of iSlide? You've been around 2013, right? So like eight years. You're still young, you know, and you're yeah. still young. Like, so what do you see? What do you see for the future? Man, I mean, <laughs> it changes all the time, I think. Yeah. But what I mean, you know what? I'm like, I, I try not to look too far in the future, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. I like looking a year or two ahead seeing where we are, but the world is is moving way too fast, I think, to try to like forecast out or or try to think, you know, five, 10 years outside of it all. But what we do with slides, we've, we've extended slides to do more slides. We do gel slides, we do fur slides. We yeah. have a one strap, we had a Velcro. We added, just this past year, we added socks. So like socks and slides cool. go really well together. Sure. We don't want to be everything to everybody. So we're not going to like kind of go crazy, but I think we'll dabble in some other products along the way that complement iSlide really well. Yeah. But I think, you know, slides will always be, I think like the core of, of who we are and what we do. Yeah. 
No, that's fair. It's just, yeah, that's fair. I just because you're so young, so I just and it's right. grown so big. I'm just like, what, like how much bigger, you know, could this? Could you guys possibly grow? But socks fit very well with slides. So like, I, it's funny. <laughs> uh, and like as you've talked with this, like I, a buddy of mine, I can think of in particular. He always wears like socks with slides, and I just give him shit. I'm like, dude, socks and sandals. Like, why are you doing this? He's like, you don't understand, man. Like, you're wearing these. Like, you got a nice, comfortable pair of socks to go with the slides. Like. You know, you just you just want them. And I was and now like it's funny, like right before we started recording, I was on I was on the website and I saw I saw socks on there and I started laughing. I just immediately thought of my buddy. So I can I can oh, see yeah. the relation. It's funny. If you like YouTube socks and slides, there's so many segments and like just stuff that's out there about how people like it used to be like a faux pas to, to do that. Yeah. But now it's yeah. I mean, now like everybody just does it. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. So this is an interesting question I have because you're you, you're like a grinder. You work like all the time, but like outside of being physically or mentally incapable of working, do you ever picture yourself like 100% retiring? Do you think you always have a hand and eye slide at some point or have you thought about that at all? Oh, I'll never retire. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what I figured. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll always be doing something if, yeah. If they allow me to keep a hand and eye slide, I think I would hand an eye slide as long yeah. as possible. But I never want to stop working. I think for everyone that I've seen as they've gotten older and you know retired and like what they've done, I think I gotta keep my mind moving yep. as long as I possibly can. Yep. No, I totally agree. Cause like in this too, like you like this is passion for you, right? Like you're not just in a W2 job that you hate for like 30 years and you can't wait to retire. Like you actually enjoy this, right? So like, right. you know, it's the old cliche, like if you love what you do, that you don't really call it work, but like you just enjoy what you do. So like, it's just, yeah, you got good days and bad days, but you know, if, if you're passionate about it, then I feel the same exact way. Like I'll always have my hand in something. I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs are, are like that. Uh, but I was just curious what other people think. So outside of work, you mentioned married two kids. What what do you guys do? Like, what do you do outside of work? What do you see in your hobbies? Yeah, I like to golf. I'm also not very good, but I also Perfect. enjoy golfing. You can come with me. Um, I don't really like, I mean, we'll hang out with friends, you know, from he- here and there, but yeah, we don't do a lot. Like we, you know, we just like, I think anytime that I, like, because I think I work so much to be able to spend as much time with the kids right yeah. now as I possibly can. Yeah. They're 13 and nine. Yeah. So they're like the they're active. Great, they're great ages. So yeah. as much as I can spend time with them, I like to. But at the same time, I think it's it, it's always this like yin and yang because yeah. like I feel like we're in the absolute moment to have I slide like even grow even faster. So yeah, I want to like do more with it and I spend more time with it. So it's just that finding a a balance yeah. is in like probably the, the toughest thing for me throughout the years. Yeah. No, I can, I understand that. My, like my wife, she's due, she's due at the end of October with our first. So like, Oh, like, yes. I'm ex- yeah. Like I'm excited. Like that nine to 13 age range, like that's like they're getting into sports or extracurricular activities. Like that sounds like they're old enough where they, you can have like fun conversation. It just sounds like a really cool age. Like my nephew just turned 12. My niece is seven or yeah, she's seven. You know, so it's just, it's just such a cool age that they're just like, they're a lot of fun to be around now. You know, they're not just they're little kids that can't really do too much. Like they're, they're blasted to hang with. Right. You know? Yeah. Get get ready for a roller coaster. Yeah, I know. It's, I know. I'm, uh, I'm excited and terrified all at the same time, but I've, I've been told that's normal. So, Love uh, it. Love <laughs> it. so Justin, before I get you out of here, a few, few last questions I've asked 
uh, every guest on Boston's Best is what advice would you give to someone who's looking to start their own business? Any business. It doesn't have to be footwear, just anything. Like first thing that comes to your mind. I think the first thing is like, is there a need for it? Yeah. So like whatever it is, if there is an actual, is there an actual need and a demand? Would people buy it not just because like you're their buddy or yeah. or would they would they hire you or would they buy it? Like whatever it is, if like they don't know you. I think that's like the biggest thing yep. that, you know, I would I would say because you gotta like validate that's an actual business too. Yeah. But right. you know, I think the I think the other one is if you if you decide that it is and it's decide that you want like it is what you want to do and it is like you've done all like the things that like that that the steps taken to like realize that all right i think that this is then i always said like go all in on it like just give everything yeah. that you absolutely have to it and then don't ever like look back and think that you that you didn't because the days that you would do that were the days that if, oh, if i worked a little bit harder then yeah. i could have you know, it would have worked out. Like if yeah. I slide doesn't work out one day, I promise you will not be for like a lack of trying. <laughs> yeah. That's like the one thing that we can all hold our hat to. And I think that's, that's the big part about, I think, you know, what, if you, if you want to start a business one day, you got to like always think of that. Yeah. No, I like that. Cause like, if I did this, if I did that, like if is the biggest two letter word in the English dictionary, like if people, right. people use the word, Oh, if I did this, or if I invested in this at this at this uh, time in this year, like I would have this one. Like, yeah, but you didn't. Like, so right. like just right. do it. Like, just, you know, exactly. you got to act, you know? Exactly. So, kind of a similar question. Like, if you could tell your 18 year old self one thing, what would you tell him? <laughs> I probably would have told him not to like drink as much in college. Like, I probably <laughs> would have said, maybe take it a little bit more easy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could have got a little bit more. Like, maybe I, I would have had to wait so long for, learning business. I could have learned like a little bit sooner yeah. uh, in life. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really regret any of the paths I've taken. Yeah. I think like I've, I took them and I never look back really. I mean, I think I look at them all as experiences and there's nothing like, like even, no matter how angry that I was, I got laid off. Yeah. It didn't like take away as I look back now that it was a great experience yeah. to work there. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, because it just opened my eyes to so many different things. So I just I, I really don't I think I would have just continued to try to just continue to live life like as best I can. I look at what's in front of me. I try to make the best decisions and then you don't second guess them. You just kind of yeah. keep keep moving forward. Yeah, no, I love that because like, yeah, like I, I, I asked that question. It's like I wouldn't change anything either. Like, you know, but at 18, like I just think you just think, you know, so many things I and mean, you just need to have life experience to be able to take that next step and grow right. whatever it is you're trying to do. And like when you're 18, you just have a limited life experience, you know? And like, right. I've had some shitty days. I've had some great days. And like, I don't think the great days would have happened if it weren't for some of the shitty days, you know, it's right. just, it's just life. Um, be, it's just, be patient. Yeah. Is, there you go. Uh, that's probably what I would tell myself. Yeah. There you go. Fair enough. All right, Justin, last question. I'll let you out of here. I've asked every guest on Boston's best. This everyone, we all have a varying depiction of what success looks like to ourselves. So like, so how do you define success? If my wife is happy. <laughs> like happy wife, happy life. <laughs> is she with you right uh, now? Is she sitting um, next to you? She is in the other room. <laughs> um, so how do I define success? Honestly, like I, you know, I love what I do. Yeah. I love, you know, I, I love, I think that's a big part. Like business success is like loving what you do. And I yeah. think 
I, I, I like, I, I have, like, I've never lost that. Like yeah. the last eight years, like I continue to love Islide as much as uh, I did on the, on the first day. It's awesome. I think the other one is I think life is extremely short. And I think just yeah. being able to spend the, you know, the amount of time that we have together and like with yeah. good friends and good family and, you know, the people that work kind of like become an extension of your family. And I think just to be able to have those moments and just be able to live every day to the fullest, which is extremely cliche, but no, I think as true. you, I think as you kind of go through life enough, I think you realize it's just, it is what it is. And like that, that phrase just kind of speaks volume. So yeah. to me, to be able to come home, healthy kids, healthy family, like a, a business that most people I think are happy and like to come in every day. <laughs> yeah. Like to me, that's, that's success. That's awesome, man. I think that's a great answer. We'll uh, we'll leave it at that. So thanks for coming on. Boston's best, Justin Kittredge from iSlide. Really appreciate the time, man. Awesome. Good talking to you. Catch up soon. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to say thank you for checking out my podcast. I really do appreciate the love I've received for this show. I believe now more than ever, any exposure to local businesses is great for them to receive, and I'm trying to do my part. If you are a local business owner or someone you know in the Boston area that would like to be featured on the podcast, please email me at bostonsbestpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please follow this podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You can also find us on Instagram with the handle at bostonsbest underscore podcast, as well as Facebook at facebook.com backslash bostonsbestpodcast. Again, I truly appreciate the great feedback for this show and stay tuned for each new episode every Friday at 8 a.m. Take care.